I am Douglas Little, founder, perfumer, and creative director for Heretic Perfume. You are listening to the I Am Heretic podcast. These podcasts are an exploration of the senses with a focus on fragrance, how it's made, the effects it has, and the incredible people it has led me to meet. The celebrated 18th century romantic poet William Wordsworth said it best, come forth into the light of things, let nature be your teacher. A heretic is a person holding an opinion at odds with what is generally accepted by the masses. I am pleased to introduce you to the incredible Ron Finley. Ron is a rebel with a green thumb, but more than that, he is deeply conscious, vitally awake, and a gifted thinker. Able to see through the clutter and noise, he is an inspired artist who connects people through powerful metaphors and raises their spirits by taking back what was already theirs to begin with. In 2010, Ron set out to fix a problem in his south-central neighborhood, Parkways. Those are the often neglected dirt patches next to our streets. He planted some vegetables there, and soon after was cited for gardening without a permit by the apparent owners of those dirt patches, the city of Los Angeles. Cue the beginning of a horticultural revolution. Ron fought back and won. He started a petition with fellow green activists and demanded the right to garden and to grow food in his neighborhood. Having grown up in South Central Los Angeles food prison, Ron is familiar with the area's lack of fresh produce. He knew what it was like to drive 45 minutes just to get a tomato. Boldly and tenderly, Ron's vision to rejuvenate the communities around the world through gardening, knowledge, and togetherness has taken root. Ron, I'm so incredibly grateful for you to join me today. Thank man. you thank for thank having you so me, much. D. I appreciate it. So I want to unpack a few things for our listeners. Um, and some things I think are going to be a little on the pedestrian side. And I apologize yeah, for no. starting off with them. But I am going to get, we'll get into the nitty gritty on this. No, pedestrians cool because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of people like, who the hell is that black guy? Hardly. I think, you know? I think for a lot of people, <laughs> when I'm talking about your work, I think, and then they do the research on you, um, they always come back to me and they always, they always have it's funny how people really hang their hat on the gangster gardener and to me it's like it's like i'm like okay sure um i want to really i want to unpack that for a second so what does that mean to you what does it mean to be when you use that terminology use that adjective gangster what are you referring to I'm re- I'm referring to a, a mindset. I'm not referring to anything negative. It's like changing the vernacular of what gangster is. When I w- when I came up, if somebody was fly, somebody had to fi- fly outfit on a car. If they did some of that, we used to say, "Oh, that's gangster. That's some gangster shit." Right. That, it didn't have a negative kind of t- that. That shit's dope. It's fly. It's cool. So what I was trying to do was bring. I, my thing is we have to make gardening sexy, mm-hmm. okay, to make it appeal to people. You know, we need to make it as sexy as people think McDonald's and the, and and cigarettes and alcohol. You know, all of this shit is sexy to people. So it's like, how do we need to bring garden? I said, what do we need? We need to have like pole dancers or something in the gardens, <laughs> you know, to bring sexy, bring sexy back. Sexy is already here. We just have to acknowledge it. And and that's what the whole gangster thing. Like, no, this soil's gangster. You can't get no more gangster than air. Like I said, in my in my mask guys, air is gangster as fuck. Yep. Try do try doing without it. And so because that other gangster was robbing us to me of our strong ass culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we, where we have to believe the people that are of color here, we're the strongest of the strong. 
I mean, our DNA is from the ones that that lived. Right. You know, the ones that made it. So we should embellish that. We should we should receive that blessing and we should celebrate it. And I don't think with all this negativity, we don't. Why are we, you know, celebrating, you know, murder and, and alcohol and violence and misogyny and and all of that kind of shit? So, no, this this this, this that that sunflower over there, that 12 foot, 14 foot sunflower, that shit gangster. So that's that's what that's where it came from. You know, the whole thing that with the shovels, you know, swords to plowshares, mm-hmm. you know, let your shovel be your weapon of choice. You know, we don't need a gun. We want to change this planet. Let's get a shovel. And that's so it's those kind of metaphors, man. That's like, no, this this shovel right here, this is my weapon to change the motherfucking world. Well, I couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, it's funny growing up in L.A., uh, I grew up as a I mean, at 12, 13 years old, I quickly realized I was like, well, I don't fit into anything and <laughs> I don't want to fit into anything. And if you want me as part of your club, I don't want to be part of it. Exactly. Uh, like Groucho Marx. Right. I don't want to be I don't want to be a member of a, a, Any, of a group that would have me in exactly, the group. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I and tell so, people that for years, you know, growing up, I, I, I realized pretty early on that the most punk rock thing that I could do as an adult was to have manners and to be kind. Right. And because I realized that the general public doesn't do those things. Yeah, that's you know, a, so you use it the same. That was gangster. Be, that was being gangster for you. So yeah, so you get it. A lot of people don't get it, but Absolutely. I'm glad you do. Uh, can you tell me, I mean, you really have become this, you've become this, obviously, this advocate and an activist that is that is truly reshaping and that is doing things that are unbelievable uh and globally recognized you've done all these incredible ted talks you've done the master classes you've you've lectured all over the world why has nature been your chosen medium because we are nature that's why it's like it's not nature in us or nature in that or you put on your galoshes and your mm-hmm. and you go see nature no you look in the mirror if you want to see nature mm-hmm. and i guess i'm tactile I'm, i want to go back to what you were saying about not fitting I didn't fit. I'm just, I'm dyslexic as hell, you know? So it was like, so I, I get to go now and go to these institutions and tell them, fuck your standardized education. Yes. Okay. Because it's so true standard and we're not, we're all custom. Okay. So you teach us the way we learn, not the way you teach. Cause you already didn't set it up. You told us it's standard. Mm-hmm. I'm not, she's not, he's not. We all learn differently. So so why do you have me in a situation where I feel I don't fit here? Mm-hmm. You know, but you're not taking my superpower, my dyslexia, w- which in the 1800s when I was a kid, they didn't, you know, they didn't <laughs> diagnose that shit. So so why aren't you why aren't you? Oh, this kid, he learns differently than this standardized bullshit that we're teaching. So that that's that's where that came from, man. I, I don't know. Um, I just I just need to say that. But because there's a lot of people out there that they call on the spectrum, whatever spectrum they set up right. that are fucking brilliant. You know, I saw this kid that on, online that he was writing out fonts like that. He knew he would write the font and ex- tell you what it is. But he was writing the font in the font and just on the ground writing chalk. And I'm like, whoa. And I said, that's damn. I said, that's a su- that's a superpower. And yeah. some woman came on and said, Brian, why are you? That's insulting and da-da-da-da. And, and people just jumped in on our ass. Can you do it? <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's like um, teach a child the way they learn. 
And um, and that's where we should start. So I'm sorry, I screwed up your question. You didn't but, screw it up at well, all. And I think, it, you know, I think that the, the greater lesson in that is unpacking, you know, again, I think it's around my, I, I'm going to speak from the per, from first person right. in my experience, but my experience of working in the garden and my my being drawn into the garden and wanting to plant and work with vegetables and, and learning about compost and all of these things is because for me, nature has always been my greatest teacher. Meaning, and what I mean by for that me. is I mean that nature doesn't make judgments on the gardener, right. you know, and that doesn't mean if it's a five-year-old or if it's a 85-year-old, you know, when you walk into that garden, there's a level playing field that is doesn't happen in the classroom. Right. And I think, you know, granted, the lessons that you learn in a classroom are going to be very different. I, I think that what you're doing with this and by really uh, bringing people and drawing interest towards that, I think innately, like there's an education that's coming that you can't get, you know, otherwise. Well, I think because I tell people with me, gardens equal freedom. Yeah. And that's, mm. that's what this is about is freeing yourself from this uh, system that is oppressing you mm-hmm. with the food, with with these bio foods and these uh, the, the the plant based burgers that have all this genetically modified stuff in it. It's like, oh, it has heme that that gives it makes it look like it's bleeding. It's vegetables. What the hell? I need my vegetables to bleed. You know, you want some shit to bleed? Eat some fucking meat. I'm like. <laughs> so it's it's stuff like that and and it's it's um I don't know it's like we're under attack you know so so I with the garden to me it's it's freedom man it's, and and we get to see in touch I mean I'm sure you planted a flower and you saw oh look what it attracted mm-hmm. you know and 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 people are like how do you go from fashion to to gardening I'm like there's no difference where do you think colors come from? Mm-hmm. Where do you where so where you know where cotton is? You know what you know what polyester actually comes from oil. You know what I'm saying? So so it's it's things like that. We're so detached, and mm-hmm. people are like, well, I'm not. I'm not. I love the line with uh, I'm. I'm not in the agriculture business. I said, do you wear clothes? Yeah, exactly. Do your ass eat? Exactly. You're in the agriculture business, mm-hmm. so choose wisely. So it's it's my that my choice became that was one of my first uh, as a young kid. I don't know, twelve, eleven. I used to um, I used to like mow lawns and um, clean garden mm-hmm. beds um, as a kid, and you know back then they'd give us a quarter, you know, fifty cents. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I it's it. I just found. It was a solace, man, it's, and it still is, and and it's just, uh, to me, it's it's where we all need to be. I mean, we need to. I tell people the garden needs to be the school, yeah. not the not the garden at the school. Right. It should be the opposite way around because there's too many lessons to learn in that garden that uh, that these kids need to learn. It's like one of the things, and this is recent. D. It's like you see a. One tiny, tiny seed has infinity in it. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody told me that. We would look at life differently if somebody gave us the, these kind of instructions. That one seed has infinity in it already. Yep. Because it's going to give you a tree or a plant that has a thousand seeds, and those thousand seeds have more a million seeds, and those million seeds have, and it's just and it's endless. But mm-hmm. we don't look at that one seed as being something. Um, Jack, I mean, 
we would have looked at Jack and the Beanstalk differently, yep. even as a kid, man. So it's these lessons that I want to pass on to people, and, and especially the kids, because sh- shit's magic. It truly you is. You can't call it nothing else. I actually want to wind back for a second, and I really would like to unpack something that I don't think a lot of people, I think your friends certainly know it about you, but I think from the peripheral, I don't know that many people know about your tailoring background. And, you know, again, I have, as an artist, I mean, I I love working in so many different mediums, and I've always been a little afraid of fashion, I think, growing (laughs) up in LA and seeing- And though you should be. Yeah. (laughs) And seeing, I've seen some great successes, and then I've seen some terrible- (laughs) terrible failures. Um, But when I went to your garden, and I got to see, you know, I got to see a bit of your history. And I got to see, you know, the way you're I got to see a tiny glimpse inside your brain of the way that it works, and seeing some of the pattern work that you do. And can you talk a bit about how that happened? And I think I think a lot of mine came from not fitting in and not learning and, and not being able to read the way they instruct us to read because they all want us to. When you think about education, I'm, I'm sorry, did I say indoctrination? Um, they want us all to be clones. They want us mm-hmm. to think the same, drive the same, look the same, dress the same. There's no thing about celebrate this individuality, celebrate your superpower. And I, I, I think mine came from that, man. I wanted my goal I and has a, has, a 15 year old, I wanted to be a master tailor. You know, I didn't know nobody was a tailor. Except then I met some of the guys that used to do clothes for a lot of the, the hustlers and the pimps and things in the neighborhood that, you know, the custom stuff with the, but the long collars mm-hmm. and, you know, all that fly shit. And it was, I wanted to be, cause I realized that clothes didn't fit me as a kid. I realized that it's like, we had to accommodate the clothes and not the clothes accommodate our bodies because our bodies was different. So that's that's kind of what set me off in um, in that medium, man. I I wanted I wanted my goal was to throw a jacket in the air and it would levitate, you know, because it was so tailored. Um, I didn't get that because nobody took a, a kid me as a kid that that's serious that mm-hmm. I wanted to do that. But that I knew at an early age that that's what I wanted to do. So I took tailoring, but. I didn't get what I wanted to get, you know, um, but I've been in the, you know, I was in the garment industry in some capacity most of my life from manufacturing to designing to working for, for other companies and things like that. So and it's like, now it's like people are trying to pull me back. I feel, you know, I feel like Al Pacino and the Godfather, <laughs> you know, they're trying to pull me back in, but you know, I mean, the industry as you've seen, it can, shit can be treacherous, man. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I loved what I did. I mean, I loved, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, pe- people do the shit to make you happy because we don't know how long we're here. I got to lo- operate from happy. If shit don't make you happy, don't do it because we do not know how long we're here and we should do this, operate from happy. And and one of the things is f- our whole life to me, D, it has us living in the future. From, mm-hmm. from, from elementary school on up, we don't do nothing ever for right now everything is for the future so how do you enjoy like this moment i'm not thinking about nothing you know we're here we chopping it up that's all i'm thinking about i'm not thinking about what i'm gonna do you know i said what are you going so what are you saying what are you going to five years from now what do you see me waking up tomorrow hopefully it's like you want to i don't i'm not trying i'm not getting caught up in that shit you know i i talked to a college student today you know and it's she's because she's doing her paper and it's her final paper. And, 
And after she got off the phone with me, she didn't want to finish the paper because she realized she wasn't operating from happy. She realized what I'm doing, what I've done in this five years is not what I want to do. And I said, and if you don't stop right now, you're going to be miserable and you're going to make other people miserable. Uh, Wow. That is a powerful lesson. (laughs) That is a powerful lesson. But it is. It's like last week. And it's funny because I'm getting these kids now that are calling me. I had, I talked to a girl from Chicago last week and she, and she's, and she says, I, can I talk to you? You know, I said, she emailed me and I, I called her and she says, yeah, my, you know, I want to be an interior designer, but my parents, my mom, my father, they want me to be a lawyer. I said, fuck your parents. Yep. They live their life. Tell them let they, they think they're doing the best for you. They're not, you know, if they were doing the best, they said, what's going to make you happy. And that's what we want you to be. It's like because we think things, and from an early age, we think things give you value. Mm-hmm. You bought it. How the hell does it give you value? And that's a lesson that that's the to me, man. That's the biggest lesson that we have to have to give, especially these young kids, because they don't think they have no value. It's yeah. like you have an intrinsic value that you're here on this planet. You are worthy. Nothing's more expensive than you. Nothing's more brilliant than you. You got this, nothing's more beautiful than you. And they they see this person and they think, oh, this person has money. They're su- they're not successful because they have money or happy. That part. How many miserable rich ass people have we been around? Oh, <laughs> most of my life. Right. <laughs> most of my life. So if shit don't make you happy, don't do it. Find something that you makes you happy that that you do that can make you happy and 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 smash that shit. Amen to that. So that's a perfect point to talk about because I think that, you know, when you mentioned the Ron Finley project, to mm-hmm. me, it is a much bigger thing than than I think what people want to <laughs> put a pin in. So, and I think that we kind of, we really did a good landscape of, of uh, a portion of the things that you touch on. Right. But tell me in your words, what the Ron Finley project is. Uh, Ron Finley project changes culture. I mean, that's I want to change the rotation of the planet. You know, I want us to get, just like I said, I want us to realize that we have the value. We have the worth. Things don't give you worth. You can't eat no fucking diamonds. <laughs> you know, so when it comes down to it, you got to app, you got to apocalypse, pandemic, COVID. You got a bag of apples and you have a handful of diamonds. Which one, which, which one is worth more? Yeah. I mean, we got to get to that, man. And it's like, so therefore with us valuing these things, we don't value each other. We don't see the the brilliance and the resources in each other. We see it. We only see it in things because that's what we've been trained to do. Um, the Ron Finley project, man. Um, it's like people want you to have this, like with me, I don't get funding like a lot of nonprofits because you know, people like what you do. I'm like, we don't really understand what you do. I'm like, I kind of do whatever the fuck I want to do. Right. And that's, I tell people design the life you want to live. <laughs> that's a, so that's what I'm trying to do. But I said, what I do is I change culture because the, and we have to change people's mindset. So with, with the Ron Finley project, yeah, the gardening is the, is the force for the trees to me. The gardening is that food is that big far as I'm concerned about what I do, but it's, it's ginormous. But what I'm trying to do is change your headspace. 
Right. And, you know, and that that's that's what we're trying to do is, like I said, with that seed, I try to damn if somebody would have told me that seed back then, it would just make your head think you wouldn't look at you wouldn't look at leaves as trash. You yep. would look at leaves as a resource yep. that you can make money of. You wouldn't look at worms as ugly. You could look at worms. Damn, I could start a worm farm for, and I can feed them my rubbish. And then I could. Damn, then I could I could make this. Com, this worm vermiculture, this worm poop, and then I could sell it. And then I got so many worms that because they having so much sex, because that's what they do, they're going to, I could sell worms too. So why we don't, no one showed us that these are viable resources and viable incomes and viable, um, like, financial situation. Well, I was just going to say and that there there is a value to it. Yes, but we don't that people are making billions of dollars Correct. off of it. But little kids in school at 7 that yeah. could be doing this and make and I think it'll make us it'll have us one look at the planet differently and two look at resources around us which we call trash. No, that's not trash, that's a resource. So it would change your mindset like with me, man. I used to I was raking neighbors neighbors lawns and shit so i could make compost compost changed my my life periods compost made me realize that nothing dies that's not the no, truth ever it's it's <laughs> such a crazy spiritual like i mean if you want to go there with it man compost will take it there <laughs> i don't we can <laughs> it's true i i'm telling you it is true like the first time that i actually really learned how to compost it it is really life changing it truly is no you see that shit like how is this 150 degrees and it's dead? Why is it smoking and it's crackling and shit? I'm like, this is dead shit. Yep. No, it's not. That's energy in one. It just takes you there, man. It takes you to energy never dies. Do we die? No. Our, is our is the, our energy still here? If it doesn't die, yeah, it's still here. I mean, and then studying stuff like Qigong, which is total energy, you realize like, whoa, that we're missing so much that the powers that be know, but it would just have us too strong. I mean, you got to think, you know, everything we eat, everything we put on our body is killing us. Yeah. And it's and but this is FDA approved. This is approved. This is I can't even pronounce. What the hell is this? You want me to put it in my mouth? Oh, no, my biggest organ, not that one, my skin, you clowns. And, and, and you don't, and you don't, you know, you don't, um, and you approved it and yeah. it's, it's going to kill me. So no, it's, it's, that's, and then the compost, I could sell it. I could sell it. To, it's like, I, I tell these kids, go rake your neighbor's leave. They're going to pay you to do it, clean their yard, and then make compost out of it and sell their leaves back to them. It's like the double up. Yep. You know? <laughs> Have you, um, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Gene Shepard, right? Nope. Gene Shepard wrote um, A Christmas Story. That's what he was the yeah, most yeah, famous yeah. for. So he also had a radio. Which is brilliant to me. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. And he was an amazing storyteller. But um, Gene Shepard did a radio show. And it was a little before my time. But uh, I had a, I had a person recommend it to me a while back. And I kind of put it on the back burner for a while. And, uh, the name of this particular show that he did, I have to send it to you, is called The Worm King of Cleveland Street. Really? And it's about him as a kid starting Damn. a worm farm. And about he talks about this exact thing when he realized that he could rake up 
neighbor's leaves get paid for it and then he could Are compost you kidding it me? and then he started a worm business and he started what selling is this, the 1800s when the hell is this <laughs> you got it you've got it you have to listen to it. It's really, really great. It's like a three-part story that he did, but it's just, it's hysterical. And I think, again, it speaks so much to. No, that's, that. it's, it's brilliant when it shouldn't, when it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it is, it's like, why didn't you tell it? Why didn't you tell us this? Mm-hmm. You know? It's the simplicity of it. And then, you know, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, no, but it's all you, good. there's, there's like, you have so many mantras or sayings that resonate with me on such a big level, but you were just talking about one of them, but one of them that I I wanted to have you unpack, which you already did. Um, And I think it relates so much to, you know, the reason that I started this business was that obviously, first and foremost, I love being in the garden. Second, I love fragrance. Third, I always felt like I couldn't believe what the fragrance industry was marketing and selling as natural. And that for me was just, I I was so not okay with it. And I really wanted to redefine that. And so this really speaks to me and what I do and certainly to heretic. But if you can't read that shit, don't eat that shit. Uh, I mean, it's really, that's fucking simple. (laughs) (laughs) You know where that came from? I, I, these kids, I use at, um, at, at high school, junior high school, I, I've done talks a few times. That, and a couple of times, I bought snacks for everybody. I just bring boxes of snacks, and Takis and Doritos and Kern's Nectar and, you know, Gatorade and all this, all this good, healthy stuff, you know, and, uh, haha. And, um, <laughs> And they're, they're like, yeah, we got, I said, I got snacks for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I said, okay, but you can't eat them. I said, I want you to get on your phones, get on your computers, and we'll have two mics set up. And I said, I want you to read the ingredients on the back, and I want you to tell me what they're related to. And um, and it happens, that it's, you know, it's always... It's all, you know, they read it, you know, may cause acne, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, da, da, da. This is related to hypertension. And and this this is, you know, known to be cancer causing, you know, but but it's still OK because the FDA approved it. Right. For us to eat it. And I'm getting this. And and um, and once they start, they they go in. Because all these things got all these in red dye number 24 and purple dye, you know, and they. And it's always this one person that, and the whole thing is for what you just read. The whole thing is this one person that can't pronounce this 16 letter word. And it's like, pillars for my, I said, exactly. I said, I've been waiting for you. This whole thing is just for you. (laughs) And that's where I came up with. It's real simple. I love it. If you can't read that shit, don't eat that shit. Nothing in nature has six, letters that you can't so read true. you know it's like and and why is it there why why do you have this this in our food you know what are you trying to do i mean i i had um recently probably too much colonoscopy maybe a month and a half now and doctor say you straight nothing i'm like cool what's the first thing they they send me and this is in a very expensive hospital uh orange juice apple juice grape juice and I think I asked for water and then graham crackers, a little pack of graham crackers. And, um, and, and it was like, wow, 
I, I told the nurse and, and I said, I said, the doctor just told me I don't have cancer, this kind of cancer. I don't have cancer. I'm straight. And I said, the first thing you give me is orange juice that's been sitting in a silo for at least six months. Yep. And it's probably made from eight different oranges from six different countries and they're all GMO <laughs> and been sprayed. And I said, and then the apple juice, you know, and I said, it's probably the the one that's talking about trees or something. Was it tree top tree something? Yeah. And I and I said, and then, so you got this, and I'm sure everything in here is GMO. And again, and how fortified many, with sugar. Yeah, that's and I told her that. And I said, and it has added sugar. Okay, and then the grape juice. I said we don't have time to talk about that. Uh, it's the worst. I said, and I said, and then you, you give me this pack of graham crackers, and the whole label is ingredients starts with enriched flour. I said, Do you know what enriched flour? And she's listening. I, I was funny because she's listening attentively, and she's just shaking her head. I said that means they took everything out of it that's healthy. I said everything you put in front of me is going to give me cancer. I'm here at this hospital. Because I don't want cancer. I'm well, spending all this money for this test, so I don't have. And she, and she just shook her head. I said, y'all y'all need. I said, this shit's by design. This ain't hampers. I'm in a hospital. You know what's healthy. You know what's supposed to heal people. This ain't healing me. I said, why? How do we change this? Medical said, industry just wants to make sure you come back. Come, that's a, it's by design. People don't get that. No, it's fucked up. It is. And no, it's, it's, the shit's criminal is what it is. So that's where that line came from. Dude. I love it. Uh, one of my, I mean, this is a very obvious, but I really would love to hear you discuss this beauty in, beauty out. <laughs> it's real simple. If you put beauty in a place, that's what you, that's what you get. That's what it changes people's, like their whole vibe, their whole, it's like a guy passed by his kid. He's got his headphones on, you know, he's like, and then he sees this 14 foot sunflower and I just happened to be outside. He just, it just shocked him. He ain't never seen no damn sunflower like that in South Central. Like, and he's like, yo, yo, Pop, is that real? Is that real? I said, yeah, man, it's real. He didn't think it was real. And so it just changed his whole vibe. But people come by the garden and you see them change. I mean, it's like, that's what I'm saying. If you put beauty into a space, if you put beauty around you, it becomes normal. It's, it's, and I, I tell this story all the time. It's a friend of mine, I was a client when I was making custom clothes. It's a filthy rich guy. And um, <laughs> and I said, so I asked, how's um, how's Hawaii? He says he's living in Hawaii. He says, you know, Ryan, it's, the sky's too blue. He says, it's, and the water is just it's too blue. I don't. He said, and, and there's too many birds singing in the morning, and and these fucking rainbows. You know, it's, he says it's just too much. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, I don't. It's Hawaii. How the fuck you think it is, you know? But it's like, it's like beauty should be that normal, mm. you know. Instead of asphalt, concrete, violence, trash, you know. I go to this yesterday at this beautiful park in um, Atlanta. They just built beautiful park. Coke cans, plastic bottles, yeah. trash, bubble. I mean, balloons, and it's just they. I'm, the park has probably hasn't been open for. Two, three weeks. I don't know. And it's always it's already this trash. And one of the people that I was with, they just start picking up the trash. I said, You're gonna drive yourself. And because the ear, I said, You're gonna drive yourself crazy. You know, but but why do we come to these beautiful spaces and then leave our trash? Yeah. Nature didn't nature produces absolutely no trash. None. Everything nature produces is a resource. 
you know, but we come into the Yosemites. We come into a place like this that's built for this city to uh, and the sculptures that they had made there was beautiful. And we and we and you have to look at trash in the water. You have to look at these plastic bottles and 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 uh, it's just cigarette butts, which is one of the most terrible things to me. But it's 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 terrible because that's us. You know, we no one comes to your neighborhood and trash it. You do. That's you true. Know? That's very true. I think one of the other things that you talk about that for me, it again, it hits home in a big way is, you know, you talk a lot about food as medicine, which we're always talking about. We're always talking about, you know, what you put on your skin is, you know, you need to be comfortable putting whatever you're putting on your skin, you should be able to put in your mouth. So we talk about this all the time in right. fragrance. Um, and I think that food as medicine is a very powerful very powerful story that people are not waking up to. But, you know, I think that this is more socioeconomic. It more speaks about nature again. And I think for people that are listening, a lot of our listeners, they love, they're, you know, very, very engaged with the natural world. They also really love fragrance. But I think one of your sayings, man's need for greed needs to be replaced with man's need for the seed. And I think that that I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, from day one, we've been trained to be greedy bastards from <laughs> kindergarten on. I mean, literally, it's like money, money. What's the most important thing to your life? Money. Kids will tell you that, you know, and um, that's that has to change, you know, because no, it's not. It's not even real. Uh, so therefore, you're not valuing self at all. Never. You're never. We're not trained to value self. Um, and um it's we're trained to be greedy and it's like there's enough food for everybody there's a distribution situation that can be fixed but that's not you know um and so that's where the empowerment to me is having growing some of your own food mm -hmm. you know and not letting not letting because we <laughs> we don't see that as being controlled we don't see that we're all enslaved by the food system because it's being controlled by an entity. It's not being, your food system is not being controlled by you. It's like now you can go to the stores. Like I, you know, even someplace like Whole Foods, you know, get a delivery and my vegetables are not there. The numbers that I order is not in my box now. So we're already experiencing. And if you hadn't seen it, even, you know, during the pandemic where it has, you know, people fighting over food or there's no food. It's like, I had a, garden i had a swimming pool full of food <laughs> you know um and it's like grow some of your food some of it you ain't got to grow all but do it collectively and that that's that's where that came from and it's 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 um it's the enslavement of humanity and that's mm -hmm. what this that's what the ron finley project is about it's about humanity mm -hmm. how do we get back to being humane how how can you have a trillion dollars riding around in your in your ragtop mayback and and you seeing babies that are like literally are dying right there on the street in front of you. Yeah. You know, and um you, you're not gonna take that shit with you. You know, so it's it's um and you know, it's it's that it's the same it goes in the thought it goes back to me being at the park. It's like if you heal your mother, you heal yourself. You know, why why are we trashing our mother? Why are we trashing our planet? Why are we trashing the thing that gets that gives us the energy. People don't realize it's like we're spinning around on a ball in outer space. Right the fuck now. We're spinning around on a ball in outer space, but we're looking for aliens. <laughs> you know, nobody talks to it like yeah, that. That's we're true. aliens, dude. We're we're mystics. 
We're, we're, we're magic. Our shit grows back. Women get pregnant and then they give, give babies and it's like, that's alien shit. And then they go, then they're back to normal. Yep. It's like, so it's like, we're our mat, we're magic, but we're not trained or we're not taught that we're mystics yep. already, that we are energy. Because um, it's too easy to look for the mystics outside <laughs> rather than to look for the mystics. <laughs> well, but, but, but everything, but then you get to the place where you're praising everything else but yourself. Exactly. You get praised to everything, these things, these things that you've never seen in your life, but you pray, but you don't praise yourself. Yep. So it's, it'll never be about you. That's just brilliant because it's control. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the greatest lessons that I had had was, was from, uh, pseudo spiritualist gardener that that did this relationship of talking about the temple and the temple referring to the temple as the body and about it is never de <laughs> never defile the temple and um you know there's a lot of like without getting too deep into yeah. the biblical studies i mean there's a lot of speculation about whether or not these mystics were actually talking about you know that the, the god was actually the god that lived within us all and about honoring that and 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 eating correctly and, you know, being a good person and about all of these things that enrich the temple. And I think if you people were, were actually to really think about that, you know what I mean? Like, do you really need that McDonald's French fries? Like, what is that doing for you? Asking those simple questions, like what, what is this, what is this word that I'm about to use? What will it do to another person? Like these simple acts of kindness, simple acts of thoughtfulness, you know, about, about being human and about, you know, all these things and bringing it back to the topic at hand and about the Ron Finley project and about, you know, the involvement with gardening. My whole feeling about this and, you know, my wanting so much to, to support and be involved Which and do a project with you is, is about raising this awareness of that I can just tell you first person that my time of being in the garden has made me a better person. It's made me a more aware. 100%. It's made me more kind. It's made me gentler. It's made me respect. It's and like gracious. all of these things. Yes. Because you, you realize I can't eat all this shit. No. <laughs> I can't. I, if I take all these flowers and put them in my house, that I'm going to enjoy and they're going to die when I can share this. I can share this beauty with somebody. I can share this food with somebody else. Gardeners are not greedy. They're not selfish. Some of them are jealous, but yeah. they're not. <laughs> That's <as> true. Fuck, <laughs> but they're not greedy. That's true. You know, because they know there's an abundance and That's there true. can always be an abundance if you put it in the plate, you know, but they have us thinking hoard, 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 hoard. So be true. greedy. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, I went, ballistic with my garden and did this major rooftop thing with raised beds and uh, you know i like went crazy I want to say uh that. and i i'm very fortunate to live in los angeles yeah. and i grew up here but the thing about la that's if you if you're listening to this you don't live in los angeles and i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm just a dick but the fact is is that <laughs> i I really and truly didn't didn't have any desire to get to know my neighbors. Do you know what I mean? It was like I would see them, I'd be like, "Yeah, hi, you know, please don't talk to me." Like, <laughs> like, kind of run to my car and like, "Please don't engage with me," because I really don't, you know. And right. I would move on about my day. Guess what? All of a sudden, I've got masses of tomatoes. Do you know what I mean? First of all, I'm proud as fuck about right. my tomatoes, right? And so, I am so excited about running over to my neighbor now and being like, "Hey." I was like, I've got all these extra tomatoes and basil. Do you guys want some? And they go crazy. And now all of a sudden, it's like I'm I've become so close with all of my neighbors. And I put, you know, you know, I do bees, and so now I've got all this honey. And 
I was actually going to my neighbors and being like, hey, do you guys want a jar of honey? Oh, by the way, I'm keeping bees. Please don't freak out. Right. Um, and it's created this totally different dynamic that it seems so advanced. And yet, if you think about it, it's so simple. <laughs> it's so and it's basic. the way that it was. It's so basic. It's so basic. I, I don't ask. I just leave bags on. I just leave bags of boxes on their um, on their doorstep. Oh, I you love know? that. Um, sometimes uh richard from flamingo state they'll they'll they're like yo ron we got these extra boxes you know and they'll give them to me and i'll i'll distribute them to people in the neighborhood and things like that um but it just goes to sh it there's there's enough yeah, there, there there is, is enough yeah. you know if we stop letting them control the systems which when they control the systems they're controlling us that shit has to change i mean or, or we're headed where we're headed, you know. Um, and people, I don't think people realize the devastation that we're doing to to our mother. I mean, like now, it's what is it? It's probably it's probably like five active volcanoes right now, you know, around the world. That that ain't speaking to nobody, <laughs> you know. Y'all remember the dinosaurs, <laughs> you know? So I think these kind of things we need to wake up to and say, oh. That to me makes you kind of scratch your neck, scratch your head. Like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, because it's it's it could be dire, and I think it is. Um, the weather patterns changing. Oh yeah. Uh, every everybody's like, ooh, do do. Just no, the weather's changing, so that means our food is going to change. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about very, and I think that the Ron Finley Project. I think anyone listening has would have a very clear understanding that this is a very it's a very big project. It's a very big undertaking. And if... <laughs> Don't say that. Well, it is. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's a big undertaking. And, and there's there's a tremendous, like, if you were to look at it as being this, you know, massive body of water, I think the most important thing with these podcasts is, like, giving someone something that they can walk away with. Right. And so, like, if someone, if this, if this talk is resonating with someone, what is your suggestion for someone that that wants to disrupt the process of of what you're talking about and how can they take a part in that uh all their all their money in their bank they can just give it to me <laughs> all that inheritance that house your ass was gonna inherit especially white folks that big ass house just right sign that shit over to me and we'll make sure it's good no it's like compost 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 i mean there's a one way it's the first step you know, uh, it's the forest for the trees uh, that we can you can start changing this planet. Yeah, that's what we can do um, because you can do that in a New York and, apartment. And, you can yeah, do it anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. especially got these machines and stuff now. Um, but my thing is, let's, let's take it back down to the basics. It's, it's real. I mean, we can we have an opportunity to fix this, mm -hmm. you know, if we all did something and it doesn't have to start. You don't need a big ass garden, you know, to to do this. Um, start growing things in pots. Start start sharing with your neighbors. Start, like you said, let them knowing your neighbors. Um, uh, I had people that didn't know me that I literally just leave a big ass food box, or if I have a ton of you know nectarines that are going crazy, I just leave nectarines on their porches, man. And um, it makes it makes me feel good. Some people don't thank me, which I don't care. It makes me feel good That's to right. be able to sh to share this kind of thing, Absolutely. and then to share that knowledge. Uh, with a child, because if you give it that early, that a seed is infinite. 
Yeah. If you t- if you show them that instead of when I was in school in the 1800s, they had, you know, we do the Petri dish with the paper towel, which I'm sure you did that mm-hmm. shit. And you watch it grow on the side. Oh, shit. Damn, that's magic. OK, next. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa. No. OK, we need the sexy part of that shit. Yeah. Where's the sexy part? Because we go outside in our garden at the school <laughs> and put that seed in the ground and watch it multiply. Right. We didn't get that lesson ever. So imagine not getting these lessons your whole life. That's and we need we needed that lesson to see. Oh, because that's the mathematics. That's the arithmetic. You know, that's the magic. Yeah. Because this one seat multiplied, 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 and it fed me at the same time. Right. Well, I'm sure that anyone who has uh, been listening to this will have absolutely no question as to why. Uh, I chased after you and wanted to do a collaboration. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things is finding fellow heretics and then and then asking them. And again, I couldn't wait, couldn't fucking wait to get you on this podcast and ask you this question, uh, which is, what fragrance inspires you? Wow. Well, the one that inspires, inspires me now is mine. I have my own fragrance. <laughs> it's called a flower for you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, when I was when I was, you know, in my teens and I wore suits and all that kind of shit, uh, uh, there was um, um, there was a there was a lot of fragrance um, that that um, that inspired me in the bottles, the bottles. I mean, I, I remember when. I mean, something just popped. I remember Terry Mugler's bottle and and uh, I just thought the design was fa- I actually collect old, you know, perfume mm-hmm. cologne bottles. I used to read, um, you know, Cosmo and Bazaar. I used to read all of these so-called women magazines because I'm like, I wonder what the hell are they thinking? You know, well, what are they telling these women to right. like, you know, <laughs> it has been, you know, being in design, too. Um, that was a lot of a lot of places that I got inspiration to. Yeah. Well, doing this uh, when we were talking about forming some type of collaboration, um, I really wanted to. I really felt for some reason that we should start with a candle, just because I felt like you know your your work it feels so environmental, uh, and it feels so much like it's part. You know, it it needed to kind of be deeper and more immersive than. Unfortunately, I think personal fragrance gets lumped into this category as being cosmetic. And right. I wanted something that felt like it was part of your house and uh, and something people would look forward to, you know, when they came home. So we decided to do this collaboration and do a candle together. Um, you know, and I love the fact that you reference that you are really when you're in the garden, like you're immersed in the garden and you love everything that comes out of the garden. Do you know what I mean? Meaning like the smell of the soil and plants at all their various stages and, you know, what they can yield at those different stages. That's why my garden, my office is in the garden. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I mean, when we met, I was so blown away. Uh, for listeners, you walk into his backyard, which is this converted swim school, right? Yeah, it's a swimming pool. It's a fifty, um, a fifty foot swimming pool. And you uh, have converted the pool into uh, this immense I garden. Know if I converted it, it's still a swimming pool. It's yeah, just but got it's, other shit. <laughs> and your office is in the pool. <laughs> exactly. Which is amazing. <laughs> so we created this fragrance together, which is a combination of uh, basil, oak moss, mint. Um, and I actually have uh, it here today Ta-da! for you to, uh, I'd love for you to smell it and maybe you can describe it to uh, listeners. You know what? You know what stands out is the, 
is the mint, but the bl- the way they blend is is that's just dope. But I I it's I it's like it's it's like something in there even it seemed like it made the mint smell different. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So we will have these available uh, for sale on uh, both. I believe you'll have this on your website as yep, well, definitely. as well as Heretic uh, will have this. And we're doing a, if you're in Los Angeles, we're doing a little limited engagement with Max Field, which we'll be posting on our website and in social media and whatnot. Um, and I'm so excited to see where this goes. And I'd love to see this turn into a fine fragrance. So we'll wait to see what the response is from that our would be dope. customers. Um, that would be dope. And Ron, I can't, again, thank you enough for taking the time out of your crazy schedule to come and have a chat. Oh, no, I'm I'm honored that you would even have me here. I mean, I'm honored to be anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, really, at this time, because, I mean, and to, um, you know, add to this relationship and because uh, you don't know, man. You mm-hmm. know, I, I've had too many people that I've lost you know, which I'm sure most of us have. Um, and we can't, we can't take this for granted. And I, I think we do. Um, and so, no, I, I appreciate this. I, you know, I appreciate even, you know, people telling me their stories. Like, I know you probably hear this all the time. I'm like, I never heard it from you. Yeah, that's true. You know, so no, let me, let me hear this. I mean, because you don't, I mean, especially with, you know, social media and things like that, we don't know who we're affecting. You know, we don't know how far it's reaching. And to to see that is, is I mean, t- to see what I've done without, I haven't tried to do, I haven't, th- I haven't tried to do this. That's, right. you know, what I'm, this, none of this was planned is what, you know, what I'm doing. It's like none of it was planned. And um, even like to have something like the biggest masterclass at one point that who, who nobody knows who's fucking. Who the fuck is Ron Finley? It's like the and then like they got Martin Scorsese and Venus Williams and all that. And it's like the the fact that you could have one of the biggest ones and things like that. And you know, I'm walking through um this dining place in South London. I mean, in like grimy hood, but they made this thing metropolitan. How the fuck I forgot you said Metropolitan Palatano something. And but the guys is who did it. Um, Andrea's brilliant and he took this raggedy factory and and built it and now thousands of people come there and he took these immigrants off the street and gave them these places that, that they're cooking food in these little bitty places and you can get Indian to Turkish to Italian food and it's delicious and uh, some of these people are making like 60 G's a month now so amazing. It's, funny, it's amazing they build all the furniture and he's trying to bring one to, to South LA, actually. And um, I'm walking around, and I got this big old Canada goose, you know, coat on, you know. And this guy's like, "Hey, are you the gangster gardener?" And I'm like, "And I'm in London. I'm like, and I'm walking with this big giant coat on. I'm like, what the, how the hell do you? How do you <laughs> and it was just like, wow, you know, that this, that is the places that." The message yeah. has reached, you know, from, you know, Africa and and um, places that you would think don't even need the message that we get correspondence from. It's it's uh, it's overwhelming and heartwarming, you know, at the same time to know that, wow, I guess people are listening to this simple person tell these the this simple thing that that, um, 
you know, that basically I want people to give a fuck, you know, about something other than yourself. And let's let's try to start caring about ourselves. And but let's care about this planet. Let's care about our mother. Yeah. And it's I know it's some hippie shit, but it's the shit is real. No, it's a powerful you know? message. Yeah. It's very powerful. It's, message. It, but it's simple. And I think if we make it simple and give some, like you said, give people some steps that they could do um, and, and have your children plant a seed. And I'm having these like even producers, these Hollywood producers call and like, man, my kids, you know, I saw you and and now I'm planting food with my kids. You know, I'm this I was this fat kid from Brooklyn. I ain't know no, I didn't garden and you know, it was like the only thing that was important for me was this and success and money. And now I got my kids and it's changed my life. You know, a yep. garden people are telling me that gardens changed their life. And it's like, uh yeah, that's 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 what this is about to me, man. It's it's it ain't it ain't about the paper. It ain't about you know. It ain't mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, we need that. And yeah, that's that's cool when it comes. But um, is that is that what you want to be remembered for? You know, yeah. the, oh, I've I've raped and pillaged this whole planet, but I got my name on this building at a university. Yeah, you know, so they'll. No, it's like you literally let's let's change people's soul. Let's change people's DNA. Because that's what has to happen for them to change where they will not stop trashing our mother. Amen. Well, anyone that wants to find out more about Ron Finley can do so at ronfinley.org. Is that correct? Ronfinley.com. Dot com. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So at ronfinley.com. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you will also be able to see a we're doing this really beautiful bio on you on mm-hmm. our I am heretic page. And uh, also you can certainly see all of our podcasts and other work at hereticparfum.com. Ron, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you a lot. It's you, a pleasure. You can't even imagine. I mean, just um, being here and your friendship. And like you said, tracking me down. <laughs> uh, that was, that's no, I, I, again, I mean, all of that, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. Sincerely. Thank you. Thank you.